We all know that having a high-performing website is critical to content marketing. But you may be one of those marketers sitting here cringing when you think about your company's website, or it might be that you already have budget set aside for a redesign in 2020. Well, in either case, one of the questions that we hear a lot is whether or not to utilize a templated website or to go custom. So in today's episode, I'm bringing in Erin Gleason, who's an inbound marketing manager for True Marketing. She frequently leads website redesigns, and she'll be talking about website strategy, what type of approach to take, and um, even talk about how templated sites have evolved over the past 20 years. I've learned a lot by talking to her in today's episode, and I hope you will too. Here we go. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each podcast episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in marketing to technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues and industry friends of mine who will stop by to tell you their stories along the way. My goal is that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, True Marketing. True is a content marketing agency based in beautiful Austin, Texas, and serves companies focused in technical industries. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Well, join me in welcoming Erin Gleason, Inbound Marketing Manager at True Marketing. One of Erin's primary focus areas at True is leading web redesign projects. And through this work, she's had uh, the same questions and concerns come up again and again. And one of those is today's topic, custom versus templated websites. Thanks for being here, Erin. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Sure. So before we launch in, Erin, if you would just tell us a little bit about your background in marketing and, and your progression of how you came to be sitting right here talking to me. Well, sure. So I did not start out in marketing. I started out with a public relations degree, working in PR firms down in Miami, um, doing a mix of consumer and business-to-business public relations. And after a little bit of that, I moved into actually being a part of the 1-800-PETMEDS team. So then that was e-commerce. And there I ran their donations program, and I, I kind of held the PR functionality there as well. Um, worked at the Alzheimer's Association for a little bit in marketing and PR, and then I joined True Marketing's team. So one of the other things that I had done at PetMeds was a lot of inbound marketing and web management, social media, uh, even some video creation, just a, a pretty holistic mix of inbound. And after joining the True team, I really grew out my HubSpot expertise and my web expertise and eventually kind of took on those services and, and the delivery of them. Yeah. And you've been on fire this past year. I know you've had a, <laughs> a huge project load of website uh, projects and go lives. And um, it seems like you had quite a few that happened right around them, um, some important dates. Tell me about that. Yeah, every single website, no matter what the timeline originally was, seemed to go live either right before a vacation. I pushed a site live the day before I went to Portugal. Oh, um, or right after, pushed a site live the day I got back from a climbing trip. Um, oh. Had a site go live on my birthday, had a site go live before Christmas. 
So it's panning out to be exactly the same this year. I'm set to have a site go live, um, I think like three days after my wedding or like right before a honeymoon. So, right. So it's, it's, you know, no matter what I I scope out the timeline to be, something happens and right before a holiday or a vacation, that seems Mm -hmm. to be the impetus for getting something live. Or perhaps it's just that you have so much fun. You're doing fun <laughs> things all the time, including websites. So that's not a bad thing. Either. That's true. So, that's uh, true. <laughs> I did have a client quip the other day because I told him this story and he, I guess, misconstrued what I was saying. Um, oh, no. When I said that last year, I pushed four websites live all before trips. And he goes, how many times have you been married? It's not before a wedding. I'm like, yours is before my wedding. The rest of them are before normal trips. I was like, don't get sassy with me. Mm No, no, I don't think your fiance would appreciate knowing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, let's launch into today's subject. So, uh, whether to create a website using a pre designed template or to build something from scratch. And I know that most of our listeners have some knowledge of the difference between the two, but just for the two people out there listening that don't know, uh, would you please just quickly define what we mean by template versus custom? Sure. So most of the content management systems that people use, so things like WordPress, we're a big HubSpot user ourselves, um, they can either be built out from scratch where a developer is going in and custom coding everything, all of the functionality, the look and feel. Um, A lot of the times it starts off like a wireframe for the design. And then once you're happy with the, you know, the display and the the functionality, they'll actually go in and build it. A template has that done. So you're looking at a complete pack of pages with a common you know, theme to them. They all have a similar look and feel. They're all using the same you know, CSS document that kind of rules over what colors they're using, what fonts, how they're pulling things. And it's all pre-built. Um, and so with the template, the it's basically like the blueprints are there, the architecture is there, and you're just painting the walls. With a custom, you're building the house from the bottom up. Oh, that's a great analogy. Okay. Um, so... I know that often a company comes to us and they don't have much background in website redesigns other than maybe what they've done for their company in the past. And so when they come to you, you know, tell me about that first conversation. What are they asking for? And and walk me through how that discussion goes. Yeah. So I think what's really helpful for us, we kind of nailed down our web process throughout the last year and a half or so. So we actually do a strategy as the first step where we flush all of this out. We don't dive right into web development. We actually sit down. We talk about the personas a website is is serving. We talk about the content that needs to be there, uh, the use cases that people are using your site. And then we kind of define like, okay, we know who's going to your site. We know what your service areas are. Let's talk about the hierarchy. Let's talk about, about what pages need to be available and where the pages fall um, like under different categories. Um, and then we also talk about the look and feel, the design, the functionality. So we've we've kind of nailed down all of the specifics before we ever start building. And I think that helps because in this process, if a site had to be custom for some reason, we would discover it. Um, and I think most of the, the clients that we work with, we realize throughout this process that it's pretty standard requirements they have. It's nothing crazy. It's something that a templated site is more than capable of serving. And then if they do need something custom, it's just one small piece of it. It's not the whole site. Uh, and that helps a lot in terms of just the overall cost and the timeline. So if we can take something pre-built, we're going to, and it's going to save you a lot of money and a lot of time. So why do companies, when they come in the door, think they need a custom site? 
So there are a couple reasons that I typically hear. The biggest one is people want to be different. They want a site that is unique from all other sites, especially those of their competitors. And this isn't a bad thing to want, um, but I think it's something to keep in mind that even if you use the same template as a competitor, which isn't likely, just applying your branding, changing the font, changing some of the colors and applying your photos, it's going to look like a different site. But a lot of the time, it is somebody just wants something that is different and unique. Um, the other thing we hear is that like thinking a templated site isn't going to be either sophisticated or customizable enough, which again, I do understand. And then the last one is that people might come to us with like very, very specific site requirements that a custom site could actually serve better. So if they have really advanced functionality or if it's like a full-on e-commerce site with hundreds or thousands of products that has to tie into a database management system, there is some stuff that, that actually would need a custom site because there's just extra kind of code that needs to be baked in from the start. I gotcha. Now, I, I'm no technical expert by any means, but certainly as a business user of websites, I can understand some of that functionality that appears on the surface to be pretty advanced. So e-commerce or database-driven you know, tables, things like that. So um, tell me about how templated sites manage some of that more advanced functionality today. Yeah. So a lot of it isn't actually part of the template. Um, e-commerce is a good example. You would usually use, like if it's WordPress, it would be a plugin that would manage the e-commerce piece. And so it would, you would enter your products that way. You would manage your orders that way. Um, and again, this is, I'm talking about like small to mid-sized companies here that aren't mm -hmm. having this, this crazy custom site and database management type of thing. But mm -hmm. a lot of the time um, it is using kind of an add-on service to run the e-commerce functionality. Uh, and the same thing goes with like, you know, multi-language sites, there's usually another component there to help manage that. Sometimes it is built in to the CMS. HubSpot has multi-language capabilities. Um, in terms of a database, there are certain functionalities like resource galleries that you can build out using a database that allows them to be very flexible. And again, that tends to be fairly custom, but the capability is there. So it's probably not baked into a template, but it is something that a lot of the programs you're building a website on have baked in, if that makes sense. Like nothing's being created yeah. completely from scratch. Yeah. So a lot of these templated sites play well with other pieces of technology and you can build out more of this functionality pretty easily is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that used to not be the case. So I think about not to date myself, but I think about way back when in the early 2000s when we were building websites and, and even, uh, you know, more recent than that, where it really was, you'd have to move over to a custom site pretty quickly and templated sites were just very, very basic. So they have come a long way. And I think it's worth reminding people of that when they make this decision. Sure. Um, and we hear that a lot where people will say, well, when we did our site last time, and it's the same thing with yeah. SEO, people uh. say, well, this is how we did SEO back in 2000. And I have to remind them that was 20 years ago. And please, please don't do the things you did back then because now they're bad ideas. And it's the same no with kidding. web. Things have evolved to the point that if you try to do what you did before, a lot of the times it's going to end up, you know, hurting you more than helping. Yeah. Okay. So, so Erin, we've touched on a few of the advantages that um, templated sites have, but I know there are some others. Can you kind of walk me through some of the benefits of going that direction again for a small to mid-sized company? Yeah. So I, I 
had mentioned before, cost is the by far biggest advantage. They're usually a lot less expensive. Everything's pre-built. Um, the timeline would be the other. I mean, if you're not having to build out all this functionality, if you're just taking what's there, tweaking it, branding it, it's going to save you a lot of time. You know, we have websites that we've done where there is, again, like a custom gallery piece that's taken as long as the rest of the website development in general has taken because it was based on a template. So custom development, right. It just takes a lot longer. It, you know, you still need time to test it. You still need time to load your content. So you're not saving any time there and you're adding on the actual, you know, coding and building out. Um, And in fact, when I've been involved in custom projects, there's usually a lot more testing because, you know, it's not, it's brand new. So you want to make sure it's fully functional. Whereas a template has probably been pretty thoroughly tested throughout development already. Sure. That makes sense. And I'll tell you, um, speed to go live, that's, that's tangible. When you think about the impact to a business, you know, that's, um, you know, more time back that you can work on improving your organic results or having e-commerce live or whatever it is, or not having that terrible, you know, bad web experience that's mm-hmm. repelling some of your prospects. So I think that's as big of a deal as the cost, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, and I think people tend to underestimate the amount of time a website will take. They think it's quick and they're not looking at, you know, just all of the different pieces of it where you're having Mm -hmm. to set up the architecture of it and then content. You know, we work with technical companies. Content is really important. It's usually very nuanced um, and it takes a long time to develop. And I think just anything that adds more time is, is going to, in the end, be, you know, kind of the downfall of your project. Yeah. So you might think it's going to be quick and it's not going to be an issue, but if your eight week website is, you know, realistically probably stretching to 12, adding in custom functionality might make it stretch to 16 or 20 weeks. And it's just ends up being this interminable project that is taking more time of yours than you expected. Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) Yep. I agree. (laughs) Uh, let's talk a little bit about website maintenance. So what is that like for each of these approaches? It depends. Um, all of my answers are going to be, it depends. So (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) The reason why we build so much on HubSpot is because website maintenance is pretty much included in the CMS tool. HubSpot handles the security side of it. You're not worrying about updating plugins. Um, it's extremely user-friendly. So you build the templates, you can clone pages and just swap out content to launch a new page. It ends up being very easy for people to use. And it doesn't leave like security loopholes from not being updated enough. Uh, building on something like WordPress, the maintenance, um, again, for, for WordPress, we usually recommend that you have somebody on the internal team, IT or marketing that is familiar with updating plugins, making sure, again, that everything stays up to date. There are no security loopholes. You're not leaving things without touching them for a year because that's when you update something and your whole website might crash. So that's that's kind of how we talk to people in terms of maintenance is more based on not if they're templated versus custom, but you know what CMS they're using to run their website on. Okay, that makes sense. I I, I remember uh, some horror stories of say Chrome or one of the browsers doing a major update and it breaks custom sites, it breaks plugins, and so if you're not paying for like you said software maintenance in some sort of platform like HubSpot, uh, you really do run into issues, and so it almost does require being on a maintenance contract with somebody who's watching out for stuff like that. Right. So just yep. yeah, some 
interesting things to think about there, right? It is. Um, yeah, it is great. And I, and not to say that templates don't ever break or, you know, custom doesn't ever break because things do yeah. change. Um, but we haven't seen as much of that when it's something like, you know, HubSpot where it's keeping it up to date for you. And they're pretty good too. If something degrades and you end up having trouble with functionality, HubSpot has support, whereas things like WordPress don't unless you, you know, pay for external support. So they'll help you kind of patch it or tell you what needs to be done if it's degraded and can't be used. Okay, that's helpful. So on another note, um, you know, you've made a pretty good case for going towards a a templated website. What do you look for when you're selecting a template? Because I know there's a ton out there to choose from and it, it could be a little overwhelming. Yeah, there are a lot. So that's, again, part of why we do this strategy, because part of strategy identifies if we need, you know, a custom filtered gallery, do we need a history timeline? Do we need kind of design elements and functional elements? Because again, if it if you did need that and the template didn't have it, that's something that needs to be custom built. So we try to find kind of the templates that have most, if not all, of the desired functionality already built in, and then also have the look and feel that the client is looking for. Um, so thankfully, we've got some great people on our team who really understand style and understand web. And so they'll go through and identify a couple, you know, based on what the client says they want throughout strategy, they'll identify a couple templates that they think fit those needs. And then when we typically kick off, we'll do a call, we'll give them three template options, we'll walk through them, we'll recommend a couple pages for specific things like this could be your homepage, and here's that function you wanted. And, you know, here's your project gallery slider. Um, And then the client will pick one. And then from there, we actually start to brand it out. What if the client falls in love with one of those templates, which I'm sure they do, um, but there's just this one thing, this one piece of functionality it doesn't have, or this type of layout that they really want to do. Is there any path there? Sure. Um, It kind of depends on what it is that they want. Like if they wanted to change all of the banner images, that's a little bit of a bigger ask. If they are just missing, for example, like a history timeline, that can be built. So a lot of the times what we'll recommend, um, and for us, it ends up typically being like a advanced filtered gallery where it has like three drop downs and you can filter by industry and, you know, service area and partner, for example, and you want to stack three filters that we custom build. And so if it's like a HubSpot site, we'll actually build that out using their database, their HubDB uh, tables. Um, mm-hmm. But that's something that's like a custom development project added on to a templated site. Um, and that's fine. And we've done that okay. with with small edits to bigger modules that they feel are missing. Boy, it seems to me that that's a nice balance there where you have the ability to do small, minor custom things off of a templated site and you still get the advantage of lower cost and quicker speed to go live. Yeah. And I would say one of the things with the templated site is that the template packs I'm seeing might have 70 pages in them. You're not using that many. You're using typically 12 to 16 templates. Um, But in those templates, like we can take sections out, we can duplicate just because it's the same template and it's based on a templated site doesn't mean that there isn't a lot more customization in like the page blueprint. Um, We can actually go in and tweak it and fit it to the content. If we know this page has to be really long, but this page has to be short, we can actually kind of move some stuff around so that it has the same look and feel but the actual page layout shrinks or increases based on the content needs. 
So Erin, one of the projects I know you're embarking on is a website redesign for True Marketing. And of course, as a marketing agency, we need to stay on the front edge of uh, website trends and usability and features and things like that. So tell me about some of the new features uh, that you're adding to the website or things that you're retiring that uh, need to go away. Yeah. So we kind of have an internal team to deal with true marketing itself. We call it true marketing, true. And one of the things that we've been talking about over the last year, year and a half are, you know, different pages to kill off, to add. So we did a mini web strategy and kind of identified some areas that we're not using most effectively. Um, so I would say one of the, the biggest things we're looking to do with this redesign is update our content and make sure it fits our current customers, it fits our current prospects, that we're best representing ourselves. You know, we've, we've kind of tweaked our messaging about ourselves and our website maybe isn't keeping up with that. Um, so I would say that's the first step of modernizing. It's not even actually the look and feel and functionality, but it's the website content and how it's laid out. Mm -hmm. And then the second part, of course, is that our website was redesigned in 2015. And there's definitely been a lot of advancements in terms of like what you can easily do since then. So we're looking to add some more of those functionalities. We're looking for it to be more video centric. We want the design and layout to just feel fresher and kind of follow the new styles that we're seeing where there's lots of white space and maybe large high quality images um, and like pull quotes, things like that. We might want to add in more video sliders. We currently have a very, um, I like it a lot. I think it's very functional uh, resource gallery. So that's something that we want to keep is something that has those drop downs that people can kind of self-select what they're looking for and very quickly narrow down in terms of content. Uh, like what case study they want to read on what topic. So that's some of the stuff that we're keeping and some of the stuff that we're going to be adding throughout this redesign project. Oh my goodness. I'm so embarrassed. It's been five years it's been since five we redesigned years. True Marketing. That's terrible. Well, we've just been so busy doing client websites. So that's our excuse, right? Yep. Uh, and the, it still looks good. So it's, you know, such. it's not always a push because your site looks, you know, embarrassing or doesn't have a functionality. Sometimes yeah. it's just that you realize the content needs to be revamped. And honestly, you know, maybe you're missing out on newer features. And I think that's what drove us to kind of suggest that, hey, maybe it's maybe it's time to refresh this. It's more that we've been doing all these client sites and we get all excited about the functionality and we want to have that for ourselves. Sure, sure. Uh, one thing that you just mentioned that I wanted to come back to was the resource gallery. And that's something I know that um, was redesigned oh, about three months ago or so. And I think it's um, it touches on a website strategy, which is continuous improvement, that you don't just push your new website live and then let it sit stagnant for five years. And we certainly haven't done that. So could you speak to, you know, um, what role continuous improvement plays in website management? I like to say that when you launch a website, you're going for like the 90%. If you ever go for the 100%, your website is never going live. You're always going to be tweaking. I've even helped people as I'm developing their website. I've done trainings so that they can manage some of like the internal reviews and internal tweaks, and they can swap out photos themselves while we're still building. Um, again, and it's just, it's, you know, it's like having a baby. Like you're always going, well, maybe not having a baby. It's like building a house. <laughs> you're always going to want to tweak things and refine them. And like, you're always going to have a project, you know, 
it's just, it's never ending. You're always going to be kind of playing with it. And you should, because the content that we release today, in two weeks, we might have, you know, a, a new service that someone requests. And now we want to represent it on the website. We might have a really successful project and we want to add a case study. We might decide that the wording that we've been using to describe a service or an industry that we work in, it's not quite right. And now we need to kind of tweak it. Um, and that's all stuff that you should do. You should think of it as a living, breathing part of your team that, you know, we say it's like the 24-7 salesperson, you know, treat it like it is, help it continue to live and grow and don't just kind of leave it to stagnate. Well, I'll tell you, I just redecorated my office, completely everything, paint, furniture, and I am so much more productive. So there's something to be said. I didn't, you know, knock out walls or anything like that, but I think your analogy is fair that, you know, how can I make this space work better for me? And um, it's a a nice analogy. Right. And you know, it's like little tweaks once you launch because the site's new and it probably fits your needs pretty well. But like for us at True, after five years, we need to do some pretty serious remodeling. It's not fitting our needs anymore. The language isn't quite right. We've realized that there's whole sets of pages that people like almost never go to. Um, And we just, we've thought of a better way to do it to fit our current needs. Uh, And I think that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah. Good barometer. Okay. Well, we're almost out of time here. Any parting words of wisdom for um, the technical marketers listening today? Yeah, I would say when you're considering a website redesign, keep that in mind. Think about, is it just small stuff that needs to change? Do you guys just need to kind of take a, a pulse check on your site? Is it just little little bits that you need to tweak? Or is it just fully not suiting your needs? Um, I would also say, regardless of what answer you think it is, start with strategy. Kind of work through methodically with all of the main stakeholders And make sure you guys are on the same page, because if you try to go into a website redesign and you're not on the same page, it's going to be a humongous headache. So make sure, again, that everyone's aligned with, you know, what you're changing, how you're changing it. Is it a small change? Is it a full website revamping? And what your goals are for the process before you actually start developing. Um, And then my last little piece of advice, if you think your site should be different, keep in mind that people are trained to use sites in certain ways and don't do anything too radical because it could just be confusing. So that's, that's what I always tell people when they want to shake it up too much. Yeah. Right. yeah. Those templates follow usability studies and, right. um, and they're, they're right. They're designed a certain way for a reason. So I think exactly. that's a very good point. So Erin, if our listeners need to learn more about how they can develop their own website redesign strategy, are there any resources you can point them to? Yeah, on True Marketing's website, we have a website redesign ebook, and it pretty well follows our process, starting with strategy for defining your requirements, you know, identifying the personas for your site, um, all the way down to actually like selecting templates, going custom versus template, defining functionality, kind of covers the whole process. So I think it does a pretty good job of helping people, even if they're not doing the the actual technical parts of the redesign, it helps them identify what their needs are before they, you know, actually launch the process. Great. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, I'll make sure to include a link to that ebook in our show notes. All right, Erin, I really appreciate your time today. Great. Thank you so much, Wendy. Visit contentmarketingengineer.com for notes and resources from today's episode. 
While there, you can subscribe to my blog, which will keep you up to date on new episodes and other resources for building trust and growing your business with technical content. Thanks and have a great day.